Bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. This Friday, to Jesus and only to our wonderful Master Jesus belongs the glory, honor, and praise. Can we just lift our hands and thank Him? Honestly, let's lift your hands and say, Lord, I praise you today and I bless your holy name. You are my God, my King, and my Master forever. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus forever. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Now, the reason we're uh, doing this in the car again is because our studio uh, is almost ready, right? Almost. Almost ready. So I'm going to be back. I thought maybe we'd be all done by now. But we're we're finishing it. With, with now we have we have kind of what Studio B, I guess we call it, the <laughs> second side. It's the same room, but it's two sides. So thank you for your help and your kindness and your generosity. Today I want to talk to you about... Recovering everything, recovering everything. How do we, how do we recover all? And today I'm reading First Samuel 13. I said, you know, I need to share this again with God's people because even though I taught on this before, I believe it, it, it really uh, ignites faith in us. It surely, you know, ignited faith in me today when I was reading it. David comes to Ziglag. 1 Samuel 30 and he finds that his wives Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail are taken captives his family is gone his possessions are gone and the 600 men with him now want to stone him because all of them lost their families and possessions it was a very very bad day for him that turned into victory you may be facing you you may be facing a bad moment today you may be struggling with something only God only the Lord knows about and I want to really talk to you I want to talk to you about how to turn this around because David found a way to turn it all around, sweet people of God. What did he do first? It says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He praised the Lord. I don't think many of us have, have uh, discovered the full part of praise yet. There is more part in praise than I think we know about. I'm just discovering it still. I am discovering it still. Because there are times when prayer needs to become praise. There are, there are, there are times you need to turn your, your prayer into praise. Because praise is where God lives. Praise gives us access to the throne. I will enter into his courts with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Praise gives us access to the, to the throne. God dwells, it says, in the midst of our praise. That's his address. So when we begin to praise him, I believe that's when his power is really released. David understood that. Praise causes the enemy to attack each other. With like, you know, with Jehoshaphat. They, they, 
the enemy attacked each other when they began praising the Lord. So, number one. Number two, number two. And you know, praise, um, praise is not emotional. Praise is an act of faith. And I think God receives it in a big way. I heard a man of God say that years ago. He said, it's when you don't feel it that it, it, it becomes a sacrifice. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise means if you don't feel it, it becomes a sacrifice. And that's what pleases the Lord is when we are, we are praising Him but not feeling it. All right. Number, number two, He calls for Abiathar, the priest, to bring the ephod. What did the ephod symbolize in, in God's Word? It's where they called upon the Lord in agreement. The, the high priest had to come in contact uh, by faith with the, with the one who was making the request. He prayed, he agreed with him. He called on God for him. That is agreement. So David could have, you know, easily prayed, but he said to Abiathar, bring the effort. Come into agreement with me, basically. Call on God for me, with me. So agreement is the second most powerful key to restoration. You know, maybe uh, you've had losses in your life. Maybe it's uh, spiritual losses. Maybe it's uh, physical losses. Maybe it's financial losses. All losses are restored when we do the five things we see in 1 Samuel 30. And I want you to read that for yourself when you have a moment. So, praise and then agreement in prayer. Find someone today to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you at the end anyways. But, if, but, but still, if you can find someone that you know, that you can be with physically, I mean, and agree with them, I, I think it'd be wonderful. But if not, there's no there's no distance in prayer, you know. I'll agree with you today that God will meet that need. And number three, it said he pursued the enemy. Pursuit is faith. When we walk by faith, you know, let me just mention a little more about agreement. I think it's so important. It was agreement that brought victory to Moses against Amalek and the children of Israel. It was agreement that brought the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They were in one accord. It was agreement that Paul asked the disciples to pray for that doors would open up for him. And they did. Think about the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane looking for agreement from Peter, James, and John. Could you not tarry with me for an hour, he said. Agreement. So it's very, very important that we agree together. Number three, pursuit is faith. David did not know what he would face that day. He did not know what kind of enemy he would face. He did not know where they are. But he found an Egyptian on the way, remember? Who said, I'll show you where they are if you don't kill me. 
And that's when we see the victory coming after that. But he pursued the enemy before he ever met that that man who had fled from the battle. Pursuit is so important, saints. That act of faith. I will never forget when I was invited to preach for the first time in my life. December 7, 1974. And I was afraid because because I used to stutter. And I did not know I would be preaching that day. I was invited without knowing I would be preaching. I was just sharing my what God had done in my life. And a dear man named Stanley Phillips with his wife Shirley said, Come speak at our fellowship tonight. A place called Shiloh in Oshawa, Canada. I think the longest walk I ever took was from my chair on the front row to that pulpit, which was only maybe five feet away. That was the longest walk. Because I knew if I got up there and I began to stutter, it would be a flop. Who would want to hear me? But when I opened my mouth, I felt electricity touch my tongue. And I began speaking. God healed me on the spot. It's an act of faith. You you move without knowing what's going to happen next. My mother-in-law Pauline had tumors all over her body. She made an appointment with the doctor. She prayed that God would heal her. Something came alive in her that God would heal her that day. But the tumors were still there. She said to her husband, Roy, my father-in-law, I'm healed. He said, well, how do you know? I just know I'm healed. Yeah, but the tumors are still there. She said, it doesn't matter. I'm healed. And when she walked into that doctor's office, as soon as the doctor pulled the garment she had to wear when she went in, the second he wanted to look at those tumors, they disappeared in front of his eyes. The doctor saw them disappear. He was in shock, of course. An act of faith on her part. She just went with it. When I was invited to go to Europe, in 1974, I didn't have a penny. I wanted to go with a group of young people to minister all, all over England and Holland and uh, Switzerland and so on. Minister the gospel. And we, we were there for 90 days. But I didn't have a ticket. I went to the, to the re- rehearsals not having a ticket. And the night before we traveled... A lady named Anne picked me up. She said, are you going? I said, yes. Do you you have a ticket? I said, no. But I was all packed. I said, my bags are full and and ready to go. She said, may God give me that faith. So, well, you can have it too. I went over to that rehearsal. Merv and Merla Watson, the same lady who wrote Jehovah Jireh, walked up to me. They were the people who led that group. They walked up to me and said... God told us to buy you a ticket. I got that ticket. I didn't shout and scream and holler. I just said thank you because I was expecting it. Went to Europe with $25 in my pocket from my dad. For three months, $25 won't last you a day. 
people came up to me and gave me money, nearly in every concert. Are you Benny? Are you Benny? Yeah. God told me to give you this. I bought brand new clothes, brand new luggage. When I came back, I said, Dad, thank you for the $25, and I give it back to him. I walked and lived by faith saints for 48 years of my life, actually almost 50 since I got saved. I'm telling you, faith sees the impossible and the invisible. Hallelujah. When you see that impossible, you see that invisible, and you step in like Moses did into the Red Sea, miracles will happen every single time. When I began the crusades, it was an, an act of faith on my part. We went to Cincinnati, Ohio. 20,000 people showed up. And I went, when I showed up at 11 a.m., the place, the parking lot was packed. And I could not believe it was actually for our meeting. And we just stepped out by faith. And God did it for over 20 years of stadiums being packed all, all over America. I'm still living by faith to this day. It's the greatest way to live. It brings great joy and peace, believe me. That you, you don't have to trust what you see. You trust what the eyes of faith see. Hallelujah to the Lamb of Heaven. David pursued the enemy, not knowing what would happen. But when, when, when he got there, God gave him the victory. Because he believed it. It's like Abraham. Didn't know where, where he was going. He just went by faith. But God Almighty shows up only when you're there. God did not show David what would happen till he got there. You've got to pursue without even knowing what's going to happen. In your heart, you just know, I got to go for it. I got to go for it. I'm trusting God. 400 men with him. Because 200 states, you know, stayed behind with the, with the stuff, it says. 400 men against the whole army that spread all over the land with all their camels and, and animals. And he took all the spoil, it says. With 400 men, he defeated all the Amalekites. Wow. All by faith. Faith means it happens when you show up. Because when you start, you don't know what's going to happen till you show up like me walking on that to that platform I didn't know what would happen till I got up there bang my tongue felt the fire of God I felt electricity hit it by faith people by faith so praise agreement faith and number four authority he attacked the enemy he came against the enemy and when he attacked he defeated them but there was one more thing he did. Now it says, it says, he recovered all except the throne. Except the throne. He recovered all that they took, all that the Amalekites stole and took. But he still didn't have a throne till he gave an offering. Isn't that powerful? It said he sent gifts from the spoils he took that day. To the elders of Judah. Read it for yourself. It's there in your Bible. 1 Samuel 30. He sent an offering. To people that had, that had forgotten him. Saul. Was about to die. The next day. Is, 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 is when Saul died. Think about this Chad. He gave the offering. 
to people who had forgotten where where he was. He was in the land of the Philistines, remember? For over a year. Now probably a little bit longer. They hadn't seen him because he was also in Ziglag. So if you look at the at the Bible, he was gone for almost two years. He was with that King Ashish of Gat. And then he gave him Ziglag, if you remember. It's all in that chapter. And the elders of Judah forgot he even existed till they got that offering. Because they, they didn't know David was, was was still, you know, where was he? They they, they they didn't know. They knew when when he was in the land. But when he went into the land of the Philistines, they lost uh, contact. Now you hear me well. He did not know Saul would die the next day. And Saul died the next day in that battle. And God gave him the God gave him the throne when he gave those gifts to those elders of Judah. Because right after that they called him and said, Come and reign over us. So full restoration was not complete without the offering. What good would would have would it have been to gain all your possessions but not the throne? This is powerful stuff I'm sharing. What good would it be to gain all that the Amalekites took and and give it to four or six hundred men, but you still didn't have what God promised you, the throne? That offering brought his memory back to the elders of Judah and they called him I believe sometimes an offering it's so powerful because it says God remembered Cornelius with an offering remember in the book of Acts it's said God remembered Cornelius because of his prayers and his giving giving sometimes I believe causes lit- literally uh, things to happen we never expected. David didn't expect those elders of Judah to call on him. There was no mention in that chapter he was pursuing that. It was like God's surprise to him. Why? Why did he send an offering to the elders? He wasn't looking for the throne. He just wanted to bless them with the spoils of the enemies. But the next thing we read, Saul dies and they called him and said, come reign over us. And they anointed him as king right after that of Judah. When I read that, I thought, Lord, that's amazing because we see a lot in the old covenant about offerings being memorials. God God remembers the offerings of the righteous. I mean, think about in the Old Testament. Those animals they offered. Like, you know, Abraham comes into the Holy Land, builds an altar, gives God an, 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 an offering. Isaac does the same thing. Jacob did the same thing when he came back to the Holy Land. Why did they give God an offering? Why did God respect the offering of of uh, of Abel. It said he had respect unto his offering. 
he, he, he rejected Cain. I think the heart of God is touched with that. I really, really believe that. The heart of God is touched when someone gives him a sacrificial offering like that, like, like David did. Because it's a sacrifice of praise, basically. It's, it's, it's where we honor him with more than just our lips. We honor him with our giving. And it's an act of worship too, by the way. It's a, it, it says in Psalm, in the Psalms, worship the Lord, bring an offering. So an offering isn't about, well, I want to harvest. It's more than that. Way more than that. It's God will respond with such blessings that you're not expecting. David was, wasn't looking for anything to happen. But God sur surprised him. He didn't send that offering so those people would give him back the throne. There's no mention of that in the Bible. But it says he sent that, that offering and the next thing is on their own accord, but I believe God moved on them to bring him back home. So he regained his home, his land. He regained the throne or gained the throne, frankly, with that offering. Now, you know, maybe he knew it. It doesn't say that he did, though. But if you look at the whole Bible, precious people of God, God always remembered the givers. Always remembered those who gave him out of love and honor. And he remembered their children because it says, honor the Lord with your substance and your children will be blessed. God never forgets an offering. Never forgets an offering. That's so powerful. He doesn't forget our prayers. He doesn't forget our praise. He doesn't forget our worship and love. And he never forgets an offering. So today I'm, I'm going to ask you, if you want God to restore you, and now here we, we, we've stopped, we're going to a store here, and I'm going to have Chaddy and I pray together for you, that if, if you lost something, maybe you lost way more than money, who knows what, what you've lost. If you just praise the Lord today, as a sacrifice, even if you don't feel it. And, and we're going to agree right now together, so we'll meet that second condition. But then you have to pursue by faith. Go after what God has promised you by faith. And then, you know, take your, your authority. Command the enemy to let it go. Just say, take your hands off my money. Take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my business. I think when we give, God releases our authority because it says in Psalm 112 about the giver, his horn will be exalted. His authority will be exalted. Okay, Chad, let, 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 let you and I pray. Lord, we both come in Jesus' holy name for the people, Lord. And Lord, we pray you will give them full recovery, full recovery today, full restoration as they praise you. As, as, as we're agreeing even now, Lord, we agree in Jesus' name. We agree, both of us, that they will receive their recovery. We agree with them, they will receive recovery. And Lord, let faith arise mighty in them. Give them the authority, Lord God, by the Holy Spirit to take authority over the enemy. And we rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. We command you, take your hands off our money. Take your hands off our families, off our businesses, 
of the work of our hands. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, also, restoration, like with David, you give him back the throne when he gave you an offering. Give your people what they're not expecting. He didn't expect it. But you gave him the throne when he was he, he wasn't even look, looking for it. Do the same for your people. Give them beyond what they're believing for. Your word says exceeding abundantly, above all we ask or think. Give them beyond what they're believing for. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. You want to just stretch your hands and just say, Lord, I agree with them? Yes, Lord, I agree. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, with Pastor Benny, as he prays for every one of you. Yes, Lord. That you would recover all. I, I'm, I'm reminded of the scriptures saying, don't grow weary in doing good. For if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. If you do not, do not faint. Don't give up, saints. Don't give up. The Lord is with you. He loves you. He's for you. All Hallelujah. his promises are yes and amen. So, Lord, yes, amen. we agree and we thank you. Amen, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. You will recover all saints. You will recover all. Because because God is good. And he is the God of He is the God of recovery. The Bible is a Bible of recovery. God's word is the is the recovery book. Now, give like like David gave. And believe God that He'll give you things you weren't even expecting. Alright, you can give right now on the platform you're watching us on. You can go to Benin.org or you can text BHM45777. All right. Much love to you. I'm expecting great things for you. I'm expecting recovery, complete total recovery. In Jesus' name. Have a blessed weekend this week. This weekend. I'll see you Monday. It's going to be very exciting next week. Finally, we'll be able to use our studio again too. Okay. Shalom.